When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. with Wings Productions presents Chapter 38 of The Skylark Bell, Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, Magpie and Farfalla came face to face and devised a plan to end the time loops once and for all. In today's episode, we read Chapter 38, Skydive, in which their plan is set in motion. Today's podcast partner is Cozyland. Hosted by my dear friend Amy and me, Cozyland takes a peek at those movies that make us feel warm inside. The ones that often have predictable plots and character traits that repeat from one film to the next. From Hallmark holiday movies to films about food, fashion, and travel, to the cozy mysteries we like to dive into both in book and TV format, Cozyland has all your comfort needs covered. Check the show notes for a link to the Cozy Land podcast. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. We didn't get up from the table until every step of the plan was clear to both of us. She really thought this through. She's brilliant, like Elizabeth, like me. Part of me is afraid this won't work, that I'm going to lose her like I've lost everyone else in my life. I would take on the task myself, but it is impossible. I cannot cross my own timeline in this form. She is our only hope. We can't keep going on like this. Something needs to be done. We waited until it was night, then walked to Meadow Lane hand in hand. It pained me to see the house so disheveled, the place where Paloma and I laughed and played, where Papa spun us in the air at the end of his arms, where Mama would shout to us that dinner's ready. I thought back to the days when Cousin Bruno and Auntie Frida would come to visit. He would whip out his camera to photograph the trees and animals, and Auntie Frida would throw apples from the porch. 
too afraid of the wildlife to get any closer. Strangely, after I left Meadow Lane, it seems as though I thought it would stay the same forever. Yet, unbeknownst to me, time slowly ravaged it, and I found myself shocked that it wasn't in the same condition today, nearly a century later, as the day I left. It is nonsensical, I know, but nostalgia is a matter of the heart, not the mind. Magpie had to remind me that time was of the essence, or I would have fallen deep down the rabbit hole of memories. We noted the gentle breeze that was thankfully swinging the Skylark Bell back and forth on its hook, where Magpie had placed it mere hours ago. I did allow myself a moment to stare at it, and think back to the day Marius gifted it to me. I must admit I had a brief moment of doubt, knowing that what we were about to do would all but ensure Marius and I would never meet. But I swallowed it down. The most I can hope for is that I will not remember any of these lifetimes, that I will have no recollection of Marius at all. One cannot pine for something one has never known. We walked to the oak tree, and I circled my arms around its massive trunk. The tree was even larger than I remembered. I felt its life pulsing beneath the bark and smiled. Finally, it was time for me to play my part in this plan. I held Magpie in my arms for a long time, before instructing her to place her hand on the oak tree. She told me she thought she could feel a heartbeat, and I smiled. I asked if she was ready, and she nodded. So I started singing the mythical song, and something strange happened. The tree started singing along, its harmonies weaving in and out, cresting and falling, sending Magpie to a different time and place. She disappeared about three minutes ago, and I have been sitting here with my head leaning on the tree, listening to our synchronized heartbeats, wishing and hoping for only one thing, to forget. Magpie stares in awe at the archway that stretches over the forest path. She remembers it from her previous lifetimes, but seeing it in person gives it whole new meaning. It is truly a work of art. She gives herself a moment to get her bearings, unsure of which direction she should take. Suddenly, a red deer appears on the path ahead. Hello, Rue, she says, smiling. Farfalla had mentioned she would do her best to somehow send him to guide her. The deer turns and takes quick, graceful strides along the path between the trees. Magpie scurries to follow it, hoping it isn't tricking her into going deeper into the woods. Finally, they reach the tree line and Magpie sees the fields that stretch to Carnifex House, and the large rock that separates their property from the neighboring farm. Magpie turns to the deer. Thank you, she whispers, leaning close to its face. The deer's soft, knowing eyes tell her all she needs to know. If she succeeds, she will somehow be helping it live a better, happier life, too. Somehow it has gotten trapped in these endless time loops with her and Farfalla. Magpie watches as the deer disappears back into the forest. Hello! The small voice startles Magpie, who spins on her heel to look behind her. 
a little faces peeking out from behind the rock. Hi, Ash, she says, smiling at the boy. The boy's big blue eyes light up for a moment, but quickly find themselves filled with concern. You need to hurry. She's almost at the cliff, he says, pointing to an area beyond the field. Magpie gives the boy an encouraging smile and nods. Thank you, she shouts over her shoulder as she begins her race against time. She can feel the slick wetness of the morning dew coating the grass beneath her feet as she races toward the cliff. Everything feels surreal. She has had so many visions, so many dreams. It's hard to distinguish between those and reality. But this is the plan. This is where she is supposed to be. And she knows exactly what she must do. Real or not, this is her only chance. Magpie sees Farfalla ahead, white gown and red hair both blowing in the wind as she races toward the edge of the cliff. Magpie remembers seeing her before, from a vantage point down below, perhaps in a boat. Was that real? Was it a dream? She's almost certain it's a memory. To Magpie's dismay, Farfalla stops running and stands on the edge of the cliff, her arms stretched back in preparation to fling the bell over into the sea. Stop, 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 shouts Magpie at the top of her lungs, but her words are instantly carried away on the wind. She recalls that the earth, the water, the air, the world, had heaved when that bell hit the crashing waves below. Whether it was a dream or a vision or reality, she knows she has to stop that from happening. This is the only way to close both Farfalla's time loop and her own. If the bell never hits the water, young Farfalla won't travel back in time and will never create the bell in the first place. There won't be a silence at Meadow Lane. Lucas will never disappear. Marius will never exist. Magpie keeps running, as fast as her feet will take her, and watches in horror as Farfalla's arm swings forward and the bell is released from her hand. Magpie sees a shard of sunlight reflect off it as it soars into the air as if in slow motion. She keeps running to the edge, not slowing down, not stopping. She keeps running even though she can no longer feel the ground beneath her feet. She stretches out her hand as far as it will go and grasps the bell, her fingers closing tightly around it. She brings it in close to her chest and heaves a sigh of relief but the feeling of joy is short-lived as she comes to the realization that she is falling, falling, falling. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 39, Nothing, in which Magpie finds herself at a crossroads. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Fate and Starling Publishing, and features original music by Canel. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. You can also support my work by subscribing to Patreon or Coffee, where you get early access to episodes, as well as MP3 downloads of the music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and so much more. You can also find the Skylark Bell exclusive merch on my website, theskylarkbell.com. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you.
Thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.